So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Well, it is Friday night, 10.05-ish. You're on the Sportskeeda Wrestling Facebook page and on the WrestleBinge by Sportskeeda YouTube channel, Rick Uccino, SP3, and the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel. We're with you for the next 45 minutes or so, breaking down everything from Friday night SmackDown this week. Rampage is on tomorrow night due to uh, all of the basketball games, and we appreciate you guys tuning in with all of those going on right now. That's that's absolute madness. Like March Madness living up to its name this year. All number one seeds out before the uh, Elite Eight for the first time ever. We got a 15 seed who may actually crack the Elite Eight for, I believe, the first time ever. So that's absolutely insane what's going on there. Uh, Dutch, how you doing? Uh, any any drama this week? Did you have any? Did you have a relatively quiet week? You've earned one. Uh, well, yeah, I did. Okay, I, I really did. But what I want to talk about. <laughs> I want to talk about CM Punk a second. Can we talk about him? Or will you get into him later? No, we can kick off the show with that. That's fine. That's All your right. show. We do what you tell us to do. Hey, listen. Uh, Sid, tell us the rundown on Mr. CM Punk. Yeah. I got a note that says this, and I, and I watched it, but I didn't know what the hell was going on. So fill us all in. Well, earlier this week, what happened was uh, CM Punk made a bunch of headlines, ladies and gentlemen, because on Thursday, uh, Dave Meltzer took to the Wrestling Observer message boards after a fan asked him about the CM Punk situation. It got into a conversation about CM Punk versus John Moxley from last year. If you remember, we had an interim AEW world champion, and we had Punk, who was injured as the uh, the linear uh, AEW world champion. Moxley became the interim champion at Forbidden Door, and then Punk was getting on his way to being healthy in August, made his return August 17th, the, the following week. He faced Moxley for the undisputed AEW World Championship in a three-minute match, a squash match, where Moxley beat him, and that set up the matchup at All Out, where Punk beat Moxley. He gets injured in the match. We get the the diatribe at the post-conference, and then we get Brawl Out with the Elite, and CM Punk hasn't been seen on AEW television since then. But going back to the Punk and Moxley ordeal, Meltzer said on the message board, do you know why they didn't advertise Punk versus Moxley longer and why it had a short build? Because CM Punk agreed to it. Then AEW got a legal letter saying he wasn't down with it and wasn't doing it. They did, And they didn't know if he'd come until Tony put his foot down. There are a lot of nice things I could say about him, and you can absolutely argue his position on Moxley was correct, 
but you can't argue he willingly did what he was asked in that scenario. Well, CM Punk got a hold of this. And CM Punk, in response, took to his, to his Instagram stories to respond to Meltzer's claim, blasting AEW, Tony Khan, Chris Jericho, and more in a post that was quickly deleted. In the post, he said, sigh. I wasn't clear to come back <laughs> to wrestle yet. Then plan was to wrestle at the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky Three idea. I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie, and I thought the idea sucked. But if the boss wanted to do it, whatever. He said he wouldn't lose to me. I'd never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this is what he wanted. He said yes. He's the boss. So I said okay. But I need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash. As, uh, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There were plans, but plans <laughs> always change. But I'll never put a company above my health ever again. Hmm. How do you scoff? How do you scoff at something? Give me a scoff. <laughs> is that a scoff? Oh yeah. Is is it sad that I can both hear and see CM Punk sighing when he types that out in all caps? Like I can, I see the body language. I hear it. Like I know exactly what he's doing. There's an eye roll in there as he's about ready to start saying something that he doesn't want to say, but he feels like he needs to defend himself. And in that, and in that instant, I can kind of understand it because CM Punk has been quiet for a while. Nobody has talked about what has really gone on behind this, and for several months now, he's had to probably listen to talk show hosts like us and Meltzer and Alvarez and all these dudes talking about him and he is not allowed to come to his defense and finally it seems like he had had enough and he had bit his tongue long enough and he felt the need that he had to say something but then he went back and deleted it maybe quickly, he was told to delete it. it maybe quickly. he was told to delete it maybe it was up for one minute rick I don't think I don't think I don't think AEW can get to him that fast. Yeah. I, all I, right. I, I, I think that he put it up. He saw like a thousand or so people saw the tweet and what saw the Instagram story in one minute and he deleted it quickly. Um, that's that's not the only thing that happened. Uh, Chris Jericho responded on Instagram almost a couple of minutes later and had the Matt Hardy delete delete tweet uh, delete yeah, that, me that's response. Uh, Punk responded with a, I'm too old for this, expert deleted. Uh, Roger Murtaugh, uh, yeah. In his in his Instagram story. And then uh, Fightful Select had an update on all this ordeal, talking about that um, per the report from Fightful, Punk and Moxley appear to have heat based on the word of individuals who Moxley spoke with after Punk's tirade at the all-out media scrum and the subsequent backstage altercation. It was noted that sources within AEW believed that the company would side with Moxley if they were made to choose between Moxley and Punk. Fightful noted that while they reached out to both AEW and Punk for comments, neither responded to in an official capacity. There's also was the in the report that uh, 
Punk actually has had meetings with Tony Khan and people close to Punk believe that they were getting close to him coming back and that Punk had expressed some type of regret for his words uh, during the post, the post, uh, you know, show press conference. But what is some type of regret? What's that mean? You either regret it or you don't. Some type of regret because it's CM Punk. It's like, well, you know, I kind of regret it, maybe. Just, just guessing here, I think he regrets what it turned into, not what he said in the post-media scrum. That would be my guess. He regrets the fact that it came to blows, but he was going to say what he was going to say regardless, and that has always been CM Punk. And now twice now, this is basically Punk blowing up one more publicly than others, but it's the same cycle all over again. Punk hears a story about himself from some wrestling reporters, and he feels like he has to go out there and defend himself, and that's where the all-out blow-up came from. And now it's the same thing. It's history repeating itself over again, this time on Instagram, and 60 seconds is just long enough for everybody in the universe to catch a screen grab of it, and it is out there for ever there's a lot to unpack here dutch let's let's look past the fact that cm punk has never watched a rocky movie okay which is factual he, he, he said that in the past so that's that's factual i believe him so maybe he did think a rocky three ending would suck uh but let's look past that and just go with what cm punk felt like he needed to say and your reaction to what was said i said several several months ago there's going to be some legal action coming. And it looked like, and I, I'm thinking, Tony has him under contract. And I guess he's been paying him or he hadn't been paying him. But something come up like you either fulfill your contract or, or you do this or it's null and void. You're not going to get any more money. I'm sure that had to figure into that somewhere. So when they give it up to Tony, if this is what he wants to do, and he said he was going to do it, but he didn't do it. If they want to squash, and I don't blame him there. I don't believe in the mocks doing the squash on him. Wouldn't have helped anybody, really. It doesn't help. It don't even help Mox. He just beat him. But uh, I don't understand this, but he didn't squash him. I went back and watched the match. I kind of liked the finish. He did the leg. It's self-explanatory. They can bring this story back if they wanted to, but I think so much bad blood has flowed over the dam. I don't think they can get along now. And I think with Funk saying it, uh, Jericho's a stooge, Melcher's a stooge. Well, we knew Melcher was a stooge anyway, but tell me something I don't know. But and I think he, he wrote it out because he was frustrated. And all of a sudden, I think he hit, he accidentally hit sand. Oh, my God. Yeah, let me take it down. And that's what happened. I mean, I've, I've written out tweets and almost hit send and then hit delete before, you know. So, I mean, I, I've typed out my fair share of messages and then decided in a second it's not worth it. But, Dutch, let, let's look at it from this angle. You've been in a lot of wrestling locker rooms, right? So you have somebody who is of high-profile talent like CM Punk, and he has got issues – with John Moxley, reportedly. Uh, pretty clear he's got issues with Jericho. He's got issues with the Young Bucks, VPs uh, of the company. Apparently, according to Fightful, he was actually pretty cool with Kenny Omega, so maybe that's 
okay. But you got a you got a lot of people in that locker room that seem to be it seems to be split. They're based off of reports. Some people want him back. A lot of people don't. You got high profile leaders in that locker room that don't want him back. And now that he's getting closer to being healthy from his torn triceps, all of a sudden now Tony Khan has a decision to make. CM Punk is very valuable. He obviously brings money and eyes to that to that show, to that product. But when you got half the locker room that can't stand the guy and don't want him around, that's a tough decision to make if you're Tony Khan. Hmm. Well, he's got a hard decision to make. But if you're going to try to tame CM Punk at this stage of his career, good luck. He's not going to do it. He's going to do what he wants to do. Apparently, he doesn't need the money. But he's not going to be bad mouth on social media and not respond. So where this goes, I have no idea. It could go anywhere. It could go nowhere. But I didn't even think we were going to see CM Punk back in AEW after that little debacle he had back there with the Bucks and Kenny Omega. I didn't think we'd ever see him again. Now, was this match advertised a week before or so? Or yeah, yeah, one uh, week out. One week out. Okay, so it kind of it kind of stunned me when I read. Well, he can't, he's back, which meant. They, they needed to get it off of him without, I don't know, without burying themselves. And they did. So both of them had the, I'm watching the match, right? Moxley left with one belt. That mean anything? The other belt, he lost it, but he left it in a ring. Why would you leave a belt that you just won? Because one it, was the interim, one was the interim championship. So he celebrated with both belts at the beginning. But yeah. he's like, "I'm taking your belt. I'm taking your yeah, belt because t- that's the that's the main title. I had the interim championship, and he established the week before he didn't like the the interim title. He said he didn't even care about the title. He wanted his title. So that's why okay. he raised both belts, and then he dropped the belt that he had and took Punk's belt. All right. Well, it just looked odd to me. If I was going to win, even though I didn't like the belt, I'd have taken the belt with me anyway. That's what I would have done. What would you do, Rick? Would you take it? You know, no. If I was a mo- <laughs> honestly, if I was the mo- if I was in Moxie's shoes, uh, and I felt similarly. Similarly, yeah, I'd I'd drop the damn thing if I didn't like the fact that it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that Mox would not want that belt, and he'd be like, "F this thing, get get rid of it." I never wanted the interim. Screw you. Now I got the real thing. I got punks that he has been holding hostage for several months while he recovers from this foot injury, and he hasn't even fully recovered yet, which uh, seems to be uh, an an issue that's been going on here. I I do disagree with punk. I like that match. I like the finish. I like the shock value of it, and it's set up, uh, put more heat on the pay-per-view match in Chicago and really made John Mott. I mean, he was going to be the bad guy in Chicago anyway, Sid. You and I were both there that night, but that crowd, man, was a pro CM Punk crowd. There was so much heat on John Moxley. I thought they were going to start throwing in the ring. I think they honestly would have rioted if, if Moxley had won that damn match. I, I Punk may not have liked it, but that was a great setup that nobody saw coming and put a lot more heat on their actual pay-per-view match. And in, in hindsight, Moxley beating Punk 
Moxley did gain a lot from that because he was the logical guy to put the title back on when Punk was injured and couldn't come back. So yeah. it, and he came out of the feud. If it was just the one match at All Out, that means that Punk injured came back and beat Moxley, even though they had established Moxley as this world beater who was undefeated for 2022 since coming back from rehab, and he was like this world beater, and this made him a bigger monster for Punk to overcome at All Out. So if it was just the one match at All Out coming out of All Out, if Punk's hurt do you put the title back on moxley because he just lost to a guy who was established to be injured so i think that it actually in hindsight actually helped moxley a lot where he was still he didn't lose anything by losing at all out because he had that win over punk dutch who are you uh, with in the wwe locker room mox or punk neither one because mox he's not a He's not a socializer anyway. He's a loner. And I mean, I didn't, he was always nice to me, but I wasn't close to him. Punk I first met when we crossed paths at TNA. That's when he had that fight with, what's that Hart's kid's name? It's the crazy one. Teddy Hart. Oh, he had a fight with him there. During <laughs> during lunch, I guess, and we had to go down a hill to this little restaurant, and they had words down there, and they had a fight. I don't know what that was about, but from what I hear, that Punk didn't come out on top in that, and and I think they sent sent Hard home before the before the show even started. So, but I was I was really close to to neither one of them. But I like both of them. There's no problem with them. I just wasn't close to them. Well, one thing is for sure. If CM Punk thought, if there was any kind of hope that CM Punk was going to be coming back soon, uh, I think that took a major hit, SP3. I think I would be fairly surprised if that man is back on AEW programming anytime soon. But, again, SP3, what do you, SP3, what do, you do if you're Tony Khan and the fact that you're paying this guy? As far as we know, you're still paying this guy. You've had... The excuse of he's hurt, torn tricep. Maybe you're just hanging on to him until WrestleMania season is is over, <laughs> so we don't make no surprises on a Raw after Mania or something like that. If Punk wants to be let go, I think there are reports that he wants a non-compete. I don't think Punk wants his wrestling career to end this way. Um, he, he claims that he has missed it in some of his social media posts. If you're Tony Khan, you're paying this guy a lot of money. Are you paying this guy a lot of money to sit on the bench or do you bring him back and risk pissing off a lot of your locker room? I think that Tony was, uh, from what the Fightful Report said, that Tony and him had had several meetings. It sounded like Tony was trying to come up with a plan with Punk to bring him back, maybe have him get in, you know, sit in an office with the elite and talk it over. If the issue was just with the elite, then that's easy. You put them in an office, you try to work it out, you make them realize how much money is at play because everyone knows of the real life situation that happened and they can really take AEW to the next level if they're able to work with one another and do a program out of it. But 
now you're at a point where it's all this stuff is compounding on one another. It's one thing what Punk did in the post press conference. Like we don't know what happened backstage. We don't know how AEW dealt with Punk being upset at what Hangman Adam Page said. We don't know how AEW dealt with what Punk, how Punk responded when he came back from injury and trying to make Hangman Adam Page look bad on live television. We don't know how the how the backstage fight started. We don't know how AEW has dealt with it. The one thing that they made public was Punk not only bashing the EVPs of the company, he bashed Tony Khan and AEW right to his damn face. And that's not a good look at all. And I feel that CM Punk is 100% justified to feel a certain way about EVPs, if he felt like the EVPs were going to journalists, he's okay. He's, he's validated to feel a certain way. If he feels like rumors and innuendo is being said that isn't true about him, but your reaction is not helping anything. The, you can feel any way you want to feel, but your reaction makes you part of the problem. If everyone, if everyone has a problem with you, maybe you're the problem, dog. I'm just saying. And it, the what we have seen in public is CM Punk has all ten fingers pointed at somebody, whether it's Dave Meltzer, whether it's Feifel, whether it's Tony Khan, whether it's AEW in general, see, uh, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Hangman Adam Page, Coke Cabana, but he has yet to publicly take any responsibility for his part in all of this. That's my he's a biggest issue with this. He, he's a great heel. Great heels are always victims. And he's a victim of all these people and they're all teamed up on him to make sure that he doesn't do well. So I don't know what happened, but I'm I'm with Rick. I don't think I think AEW. I think they've exhausted their their use for CM Punk. I don't think now with all this said, I don't think they can bring him back. If, if they may bring him back and have a bunch of fights in the dressing room before the show starts. Yeah, if this Instagram post shows us anything, it's the fact that even if you can squash all of the beefs and get everybody on the same page and get everybody to sign off CM Punk coming back, who's to say in three months something else doesn't happen? Like, it's it's hard to trust CM Punk with the kind of monetary investment that you had to make in this guy to pull him out of retirement. I, I wouldn't blame Tony Khan for going, dude, I can't trust you. I can't bring you back. Whether it's his behavior or honestly, let's let's be honest, or if it's durability, because the last two matches this, he had, he suffered a major injury. Well, this may have done Tony Khan a favor too, because now he's having to be a boss. But he really hasn't done that much before. It was all playtime and let's all get along. But now when it comes down to this, he's going to have to make some decisions whether people like it or not, or even whether he likes it or not. He's going to have to be a boss and run his own company because, and I've been around wrestlers all my life. They're the most, you don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to act. You don't know. See, when you go in a dressing room, if there's 20 guys in there, you've got 20 different egos. 
And I don't give a crap if the guy's on first. He still is developing an ego. And he's going to try to live up to that ego and try to get as high as he can. But, I mean, Punk has a big ego. We all know that. And I think he's he's judging this on how he will look as this thing goes forward. And I don't even know how he's going to answer that note. If he is going to answer it, he probably won't even answer it. What can you say? He called uh, Melcher a stooge, which I kind of agree with that. He called Jericho a stooge. He called, he called, he called Melton a, a liar. He called Jericho oh, a, liar. a liar and a stooge because he's oh. alluding to the fact that now it's not the elite that leaked any news to Dave Meltzer and, you know, the journalists. It's he, now he's putting the finger on Chris Jericho. So twice you've changed your story now, apparently. That's what it sounds like. They, before you thought it was the elite that was the stooges, stooging you off. Now you feel it's Chris Jericho that's stooging you off. Well, inter- it's an interesting subject, and I'm going to start paying attention to it now. Any more questions, Rick? Not about that. I think uh, I think we can put that to bed. Uh, Stephen Chambers saying I'm 50-50 about punk. I respect punk, punk wrestling-wise, but this is getting way out of hand. Look, there are still a lot of fans out there of CM Punk. There are a lot of people who want to see him come back. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Khan says, I don't trust you. I can't use you. My locker room will revolt on me. But I also couldn't, you know, I also could see Tony Khan saying, hey, look, CM Punk on my TV screen. That's the best for my business. So that's the decision that I'm going to make. So we'll see. It's a big decision for Tony Khan. We'll see what he decides to do ultimately. All right, let's dive into SmackDown, shall we, gentlemen? We open up the show. Great show. Cody Rhodes, Ludwig Kaiser. Big Cody chance to start off the match. Paul Heyman comes down from the stage. I thought this was a good showing for Kaiser tonight, but uh, after multiple attempts, Cody hits the crossroads for the win. Heyman then gets in the ring. He hypes up Rhodes versus Solo Sokoa this Monday on Raw. SP3, this is interesting. They have done a good job of protecting Solo Sokoa. I wouldn't be surprised if he eats his first loss on Monday. I really would not to give Cody Rhodes just that extra little bit of momentum heading into WrestleMania. It is a Triple H run show. Wouldn't be surprised if we get some bullshit either way. I thought this was a good opening. I thought this sets up a great little appetizer ahead of WrestleMania on Monday as well. Yeah, and they set it up well where it's you got two undefeated guys that have been kept strong, basically. Solo has lost, but he's only lost by disqualification. He hasn't been pinned or submitted on the main roster. Cody has not lost at all since his return to WWE last year. And they've set it up nicely where it sets up a natural solo losing to cody because cody keeps saying you're not ready and he got it over with the fans the fans were chanting you're not ready at the end i thought this match with ludwig kaiser it was fine it wasn't it wasn't anything mind-blowing it was just a a fine match they worked it well it got enough time and kaiser looked good even though he took the loss here but cody getting the win just makes the whole world a sense but the post-match was the more important part cody feels motivated cody feels strong honestly we're at the point where it's coming off too strong where I think that maybe next week on SmackDown with Paul Heyman announcing it's going to be the final confrontation between Cody and Roman Reigns. Roman's going to have to beat the hell out of Cody uh, two days before their matchup at WrestleMania to put some heat and some doubt 
on the outcome at WrestleMania. Have we? We haven't really seen the bloodline get the upper hand on Cody yet, have we? Like at all? Like he he's always gotten the better of them week in and, and week out. And maybe yeah. hey Dutch, maybe he's right. Maybe Cody's saying that Roman Reigns ain't ready for him. Well, the interview was pretty good. Uh, they're really handling Cody well. See, this is how you get over because you got to get that creative behind you. You got to get the the booking team behind you. And next week, if he meets Solo, there's a lot of different finishes he can beat Solo. Or you could run the two Usos in and try to get Cody, and Cody runs out, and here comes Roman from behind, and they beat the living crap out of him. Uh, Roman's not on Raw this week. They would have promoted the hell out of that. I was talking about SmackDown. No, no, was, the, was that the, what solo, you... the solo matches on Raw this week. Okay. There's no brand. They can do Oh, man, you guys throwing this stuff at me. But there's a lot of ways to get around it. But I I, I don't think Cody's had the dog crap beat out of him. And I think it's coming. It may come on Raw. It may come on SmackDown. I would rather be on Raw because now he has a week to recover. SmackDown, what is one day or two days? Yeah, he had two days. Which would add, I mean, it, it, if you are on Friday night, what a way to, to end the, the go-home show to WrestleMania to having the entire bloodline beating down Cody Rhodes while Roman Reigns is just sitting there watching with a maniacal smile on his face, right? Like, Roman don't even have to touch him in that instance. Like, the I don't want those two dudes to really come to blows until, until Sunday night, right? That show closes. But that would be a hell of a way to close Friday and put another obstacle in Cody's way to winning the championship if he's not 100% heading into that match. He can come out with the taped-up ribs or anything like that. Add a little bit of extra to it. I have a feeling we're either getting the, the bloodline beating down Cody next week or we'll get a pull-apart brawl. Does the one or two ways that WWE l will love to end this uh, feud. And I, I can't say that either way is a bad choice because I think I think it does need some type of physicality, whether it's just the bloodline jumping uh, Cody or if it's Roman and Cody coming to blows before WrestleMania. I think it needs that at this point because they really said everything they needed to say. They could be done with promos completely after Monday's great promo exchange. Well, we know what's going to close the show, Cody and Roman. Now we know what's going to open the show Saturday night, April 1st, in L.A., SoFi Stadium. John Cena going for the United States Championship against Austin Theory. Dutch. Great great way to open that show. It's a great way because the people, they'll see Cena and they're going to come up. Yep. Your first match is almost as important as your main event. Because your first match needs to get them in the mood. You put out a stinking first match. Your second match has a hard time. Then your third match. Then as it gets a little hotter going up in, in heat-wise, you know, the people are not used to screaming and yelling. But that first match needs to get them off their asses and get them into the flow. I think that's a great way to, to op open the card. And the main event on the first night is, what is that? They haven't officially announced it yet, but the heavily rumored favorite is Charlotte and Rhea closing night one. I don't like that. 
No you one, like it, Sid? No one does unless you're no. a very diehard Charlotte or Rhea Ripley fan. Like, and that's not a disrespect to either women. To either one. I think I think it is. I think it is, Rick. No, it I is not. It is just disrespectful as hell. The most obvious. They even said it tonight in the close of the show. The guy who has been the MVP for the last twelve months is Sami Zayn. You decided to go with Cody Rhodes for the main event on night two. Sami Zayn has earned his spot in the main event on night one. It's the storyline that everybody's invested in. That tag team title match should close night one WrestleMania. Also, if you if you heard the, the video package on the brawl last week between Charlotte and Rhea, they have literally said that the buildup to this match is that Charlotte is a star and Rhea is trying to be a star. So you're going to have someone who's not a star made event in night one of WrestleMania. That's basically how I took that when they when I when they replayed it back, and I heard Michael Cole screaming that over and over. I was like, "So you're you want us to have a non-star in the main event of WrestleMania?" Ah, <laughs> okay. uh, but I do agree with you, Dutch. As far as Cena and Theory opening the show, this is low-hanging fruit right here. Because the second that Cena's music hits, 56,000 or however many people are going to be there that night are going to come unglued, blow the roof off the stadium. Not a person's going to be seated just because John Cena's there. That's Mm -hmm. it. So they'll open it up with Theory. Theory will come out. They'll get all good and pissed off because everybody hates Theory. And then Cena's music is going to hit. And you're going to be getting the let's go Cena. Cena sucks, even though probably everybody's going to be rooting for him. The chants are going to be going. The crowd's going to be hot from the get-go. This match obviously should deliver with these two guys. It, it, the only other match that I personally would have liked to have seen, because you want to, this is the tone center, right? I would have maybe liked the Intercontinental Championship match to open because I think that, w- that could be a great tone setter. But now that I'm more I think about it, it's the low-hanging fruit angle because all you have to do to heat up the crowd is play John Cena's music, and boom, we're off and running. Yep, I agree with you 100%. And I think they'll have a good one. You know, I was thinking tonight doing Charlotte Flair's inter- interview, the three things she mentioned and left was nepotism. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, nepotism did get you through the door, girl. <laughs> You're my old buddy's Ric Flair's daughter. Then I'm thinking, well, Cody Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes got him through the door. And look at the Usos. The two Samoans got them through the door. And there was one more I was thinking of. I I can't even remember that. Well, Roman Reigns is, is the Samoan too. And, and there's got to be one more in there because I had one more. So don't say it's not nepotism because nepotism is all the way down through that card. I mean, it's, so, a, double, it's a double-edged sword, right? Like nepotism can get you in there, and that's good. You, you, get, you, have, you have a much better chance of getting a starting off point, of getting an opportunity. But then there's also the extra added pressure of living up to a legacy, which is another thing that Charlotte Flair brought up is the fact that she's had to hear that bullshit her entire damn life. The fact that you're Ric Flair's daughter, like that's all anybody ever calls her is, Oh, you're Ric Flair's daughter. And even Rick saying, no, I'm now Charlotte's dad. There are still people who call her Ric Flair's daughter. So it's part of the thing that she's trying to, to 
to live up to, SP3. You got that look on your face. Am I the only one who thought that Charlotte promo was dog crap? Like, dog I thought crap. It was, I thought dog crap. It was it wasn't really that, bad. It wasn't that good. I, she, she let the crowd <laughs> get to her. Like, she acknowledged that the crowd was not paying attention to anything she said, which made me not pay attention to anything else she had to say. And literally, her saying nepotism led to them doing the woos of her father. So that was the only way she got any reaction out of this promo. This was not a good promo, not a good follow-up to them finally getting a little bit of a reaction to the build-up last week. I did not like this. I did not like what I thought Rhea Ripley had a better promo on Monday, but I didn't like that booking because Rhea is supposed to be the heel and she's rehearsing another heel. They like they like took away all the goodwill that I had after last Friday this week with Rhea. <laughs> well, and here's another thing. Uh, if Charlotte's supposed to be the baby face, why is this Vegas crowd giving her the what chance? That's not a good sign. That, like, Not really. She's been getting good reactions, babyface reactions, much longer than I expected. Everybody was happy when she showed back up, I think, on December 29th, and she beat Ronda, and she got the big pop. She got multiple big pops weeks after that, and I'm like, okay, this has lasted longer than I thought. I thought this was going to be Batista all over again. Yeah, Batista's back. Wait, we hate Batista. Boo. Like, I thought that's what we were going to get. Charlotte here. Hey, hey, Batista. No, move, Batista. We hate you. You're putting over Daniel Bryan. Fuck that. Screw Batista. (laughs) I thought what we were going to get with Charlotte here. It's like, hey, great, you're back. Shut the fuck up. You suck. Uh, But no, it's until a week before Mania. Now we're finally starting to get negative crowd reactions for Charlotte again. I'll be honest. Ever since. They announced Rhea versus Charlotte. It's been week by week. The, the the pop for Charlotte has decreased week by week. And, you know, her, her only matchup, I think, in the build that I remember is her versus Shotzi. And that wasn't a good match. So that didn't help her, her pop either. So, yeah, it, it feels like week after week, the pop has gone away and away and away. And then this week, it was even more glaring because she didn't have a Rhea or a Dom to get heat. And then she could be the baby face against them. And she just came off like a heel, especially when she was talking to the crowd in the same manner that Rhea responded to the crowd, giving her one chance on Monday. She responded in the same way. And it was just like, people need to figure out. Yes, the one chance are annoying. Yes, I wish fans would stop doing it. But just change the cadence of your promo. Ethan Page in AEW did it the best. He was getting one chance one week, and he just changed his cadence and talked faster. So they didn't have the space to do the what chance. Yep. That's what you do. You don't acknowledge the what chance because then it's just like, okay, if the live fans ain't paying attention, why am me sitting at home paying attention? Well, yeah. all right. What's the finish on uh, Charlotte Flair and uh, Rhea? Oh, Rhea needs to win. I don't, I don't care how. I don't care if it's by hook or by crook. Rhea needs to win. There's no way you can book Charlotte Flair to win this match. Which means, but she- do you think she'll win? I think she needs to win too. I think Rhea wins. Sid, I think there's only one reason why you booked this match that didn't make sense from the jump. <laughs> I told Rick. Rick was trying to be optimistic with this crap, but week after week, I've seen Rick come closer and closer to my side of things, and now I think that he's firmly on my side of the fence. But this is this was a mistake from jump, but. Here we are. Rhea Ripley has to win come WrestleMania. 
Rhea Ripley. I agree. Also, I agree. Rhea Ripley is also going to win because the overarching story of WrestleMania is going to be the downfall of the bloodline, or at least it should be. The Usos should lose. Roman Reigns should lose. The bloodline, which has been the most dominant faction in WWE, is going to start to crumble and should implode by the time backlash rolls around if Roman Reigns hasn't already taken a break from the company. So you need another faction to ascend to that top level where the bloodline has been. Excuse me for one second. Sorry, I've been having throat issues all week. <coughs> the faction that should get the opportunity to take that spot is Judgment Day. Coming out of WrestleMania, Finn Balor needs to beat Edge. Rhea Ripley needs to be the SmackDown Women's Champion. Dom needs to beat up his daddy. And with Puerto Rico getting backlash, Damian Priest, who isn't on the WrestleMania card, should be getting a hell of a spot at backlash and getting a major push coming out of wrestlemania that's your faction that's your group that's the team that's up first to get to see if they can replace the bloodline and finn balor needs to be presented as a major player and maybe even a potential SummerSlam opponent for cody rhodes down the line that's one of the main reasons why i think uh rhea ripley will win let's talk about dom and ray mysterio here guys we get ray mysterio out he takes on la Knight tonight <sighs> That dueling chance to start this, even though LA Knight hadn't won a match since January, this dude's still getting great crowd reactions. Dom causes the distraction that allows LA to win the damn match, so he finally gets a victory. So I think maybe he'll start to build some momentum now coming out of WrestleMania week. And once again, though, Dom gets up on the mic. And again, it's more about the post here than it is actually the match. Dom starts poking that bear again. He's calling his dad a deadbeat. He's calling him this, that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden now, Ray's walking away again. So like Sid called last week, he turns over to Mama Bear. He starts poking her. Starts poking at his sister. Angie grabs the mic, try to talk Dom down. Dom rips it out of his hands and tells his mom to shut up. Here comes Ray Mysterio running in. And finally, he pops Dom right in the damn face, knocks him on his ass, and Vegas erupted who would have thought seven eight months ago that this final moment here would get that kind of reaction but they have done a great job building this up people want to see this match dom is a heat magnet they have been begging for ray to beat his ass and he knocked him <laughs> on it tonight he accepted the challenge and this match is on for wrestlemania dutch well, I want to see it. They have done, and I agree with you, they have taken their time on a lot of these things. They've taken their time on uh, on the Uso, taken their time on Roman, taken the time on the Mysterios. And sometimes you just can't shoot the angle and expect it to be red hot right off the... I've, I've seen when territories or companies go down, they shoot this hot angle. That's hot for a week, then it's gone. But here they have built it and built it and built it. And I've seen more wrestling matches than I care to admit. But when I turn on SmackDown before, instead of dread, I'm kind of looking forward to what they're going to present. Because that, to me, that is great creative, taking their time, building these characters one by one, brick by brick, and when it takes longer to build it, it takes longer to tear it down. 
So I'm going to congratulate Triple H and his team for doing for doing a great job, especially in Rey Mysterio and Dominic, because it's family oriented. And I watched the crowd tonight. All those kids up there, they were cheering too. Like this guy, he needs to get his damn ass beat. And they were cheering and they they did that good. And they've done that whole thing good because a few times I'm saying, even to myself, hit him. Please hit him. Do it. Because you know the place is going to come in. But, you know, they don't trigger it till they're ready to pull it. And they did it at the right time. What's Eight days out, seven days out. So, and they put it on the card late. They, I think it'll be a great match at, at WrestleMania. Who do you think will win that one now? This is a this is a hard one to really predict, sure honestly, because because you can definitely see them having Ray get the win. It's his Hall of Fame weekend, but like I said, there's also the option that Ray wants to put his son over, so Dom could realistically win. I think out of all the Judgment Day matches, this is the one that's the most predictable. I think we're all in agreement. Rhea Ripley needs to and has to beat Charlotte Flair. I think it's the right choice for Finn Balor to beat. Edge at this point because Edge is beating the crap out of him pretty much every every turn except for one match of this whole feud. But with Dom and Ray, it's something different because they can continue on with this. Like I've heard the rumor that they are thinking about doing at Backlash Ray and Bad Bunny versus Dom and Damian Priest, which I am all for because that makes a world of sense in getting the two uh you know main Puerto Rican draws on that card in Puerto Rico. That makes a, a hell of sense. And Ray, you know Ray's gonna be huge in Puerto Rico. Rico and they'll be booing Dom out the building there. So if they wanted to continue this on and have Ray win here and then build to a bigger matchup, maybe by like SummerSlam, where it's like uh maybe like Dom's career or Dom in the judgment day versus Ray's mass, and then Ray's unmass, and then Ray can go off on the sunset, they can build it to a bigger thing there. So there's a lot of different ways to go here. Talking about a Puerto Rico crowd, those crowds are loud anyway. They're thunderous. The loudest pop I ever heard was in the Roberto Clemente Coliseum. And it went so loud that my ears kind of shut down on their own. Because I guess the eardrum was getting ready to pop. It just kind of stopped and hummed. But they will have a, a great crowd in Puerto Rico and a loud crowd and a very receptive crowd. They believe that the space program is fake and wrestling's real. <laughs> but great, great, great fans there if they're not trying to kill you. Chris Alford saying Ray needs to win unless Judgment Day gets involved. Uh, look, if that, that tag team match that SB3 said, if that's you could have Damian Priest get involved in this match, and that ha is how you get him on this card instead of him weaseling his way somehow into Hell in a Cell. Much easier for him in a better spot, I think, to come out and maybe help um, uh, Dominic beat his dad. And you could set up that match that way at Puerto Rico. Uh, and also, that would, by putting Bad Bunny in the opposite corner, that would help people to boo Damien. Because if he's in a match without Bad Bunny on the opposite corner, I think people are going to want to cheer Damien Priest. So that would be a, a smart way uh, of doing business. 
Uh, let's see. So we had uh, Shotzi and Natalia tonight punch their ticket for WrestleMania by beating Lacey and Zia Lee. And then we had Ronda Rousey. And you could hear them pressing that piped-in crowd noise as that match happened because no one was reacting again to the women's tag team match. And then we had Ronda and Shayna come out. They say they're in the match as well. I have no problem putting all these women on the card. I really don't. I think a lot of them have earned a place on this card based off their work in the last year. I just wish this match actually meant something. Like... Can it be for the uh, a women's tag team title shot? Something? Can we like other than the fact of this? This literally screams space filler. Is is what this, here's a WrestleMania showcase, which means we have nothing else to do with any of this talent, or we didn't have time to build anything for them. So they're just here. Here you go. <laughs> have it be for something. Give me some stakes. Give me some stakes. Same for the men's match. Same for the men's match. Make, make it a number one contenders match for the undisputed tag team titles. Very easy. Very easy. Well, I didn't like the women's match. I just, there was nothing to it. I was pissed off, really, because I thought Lacey should have won. Because I'm, I'm still on her bandwagon. But they kind of got off her, didn't they? So I mean, just Triple H took off. over. So as Triple H took over, he had a heat magnet in a female in Lacey Evans, and he just, he just took the heat off of her. Benched by her. not using her, he benched her, then tried to repackage her again in the same damn pack. It was the, the weirdest repackage, it was a repackaging in the same <laughs> matter. That's like re gift, right? Re wrapping a Christmas gift. That's yeah. basically what he did. And then he, he, he brought her back, gave her all those vignettes again the, the military training workout vignettes, gave her the camel clutch and all that other stuff, and brought her back for like two weeks and then decided. Yeah, we're not going to do anything with her for Mania, so let's park her for now. And it's like. I don't get that now. There's a lot of questionable decisions that have been made about a lot of women's talent ahead of WrestleMania this year, uh, for sure. So we get an Intercontinental title uh, contract signing. That's the word I was looking for. Contract signing. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre talking to one another. Then Gunther <sighs> comes out. He's all pissed off. He's He's asking. Adam Pierce to justify this match, justify this match, even though it was his boys who, who beat up Drew and Sheamus last week and set this match up. But I love this. He's sitting there saying, I'm going to whoop your ass. I'm going to whoop your ass. If I have to, I'll whoop your ass. And before he even say, I'll whoop Butch's ass, Butch jumps the damn table and attacks Gunther. I thought that was great. I got a great pop out of that. That sets a matchup between Gunther and Butch tonight. And man, it is just so damn fun to watch Gunther whoop somebody's ass. Like, he has, to me, the most – it's not flashy, but it might be the most impressive offense in WWE. Everything he does, he makes you believe. It looks real. It looks like it hurts, and I'm sure half of it does, especially those damn chops. Like, this dude is just brutal. He's methodical. And – I, I, I mean, I don't know what, what other adjectives I can use to describe it. It's just fun to watch this dude whoop somebody's ass, Dutch. Oh, it's good. I, I like that. Him and Butch, they had – if you showed this to a non-fan, they would sit back and they would have to look at it twice, even though all the things they've heard about wrestling, oh, it's fake, it's all set up. But if you watch that, you got to say, damn, he's, he knocked the shit out of him there. He hit him. And 
And that, that's what you want. And it's not all this big flashy stuff you see on AEW of this spot, spot, like a, it's a spot after spot. No, they don't do that. They're actually doing old school wrestling and making you kind of believe it. And I think that's the selling point of it. And you look at it, everybody pulls for the underdog. And everybody wanted Butch to, to do better, but you can't do better when somebody just clubbing the crap out of you. And I think it was a good setup. I liked this whole show. I didn't like uh, Gunther laying down at the end. What happened to him at the end? I looked away or I had to go do something. And I came back and he's laying down and they're fighting. Yeah, so Mac McIntyre and Sheamus. Yeah, so Sheamus and Gunther were staring face-to-face -face with one another because it was Sheamus and Ridge Holland and Drew McIntyre were fighting on the outside, which allowed, uh, which distracted Butch, and then he ended up getting beat. So that fight rolled to the inside. Sheamus was the one who was standing alone, so he ends up staring face-to-face -face with Gunther, and then as Gunther is focused on Sheamus, Drew comes in and claymores him out of nowhere. So he wasn't focused on Drew, and then all of a sudden Drew comes in and hits him with a claymore and lays him out. So that's where you saw uh, Gunther was was down on his back. So it, it wasn't done in a way to make Gunther look bad. It's just Drew getting a lucky shot because he wasn't paying attention. That match might excite that whole arena during WrestleMania. When they hurt, hear those pops, and they're going to go out of the way to beat the shit out of each other. Oh, God, yes. Yes, they I, they will like that that castle match they had and those big pops. McIntyre, he's going to say, "Hey, I'm in on this too," and he's going to blister somebody. So when they come out, they're all going to be beat red. Yes, they're actually beating every, the shit out of each other. All three of those men's chests should look like raw hamburger meat at the end of that night. And oh, it will. That's why it would have been a mistake to have that be the night one opener because the crowd would take a while to get back into the show. <laughs> if you remember Clash at the Castle, I think it was the second match on the show, and the crowd <clears throat> did not get back to its peak until Edge came out and they were singing his song. That was it. That, that, that got them back into the show. It took one or two matches, and then Edge comes out, and they were singing his song, and then they finally got back into the show because they were exhausted after, <laughs> after like cheering and getting so into Sheamus and Gunther. Maybe it could be the opener for night two, but I would honestly place it in like the middle of night one, middle of night two, because okay. it, it's going to take a match or two, then, then have your WrestleMania showcase after that as the filler after that match. Nah, because man, that, that is putting him in such a shit spot. You've already put him in such a shit spot leading up to the pay-per-view. Now you're going to say, hey, ladies, go out there and follow that with the five minutes we're probably going to get you to put this on. Not my fault. Not my fault that they don't care. Yeah, we, 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 didn't, we didn't book it, Rick. Sorry. Exactly. Not my fault that, that they didn't. They couldn't take five extra seconds to say the WrestleMania Showcase is a number one contenders match. That's literally, that's all I am asking for. I yeah. literally I had people on social media telling me, oh, no, this is an opportunity for them because they work so hard. That is real life. I am talking yes. about KV. 
kayfabe? What are we what are we fighting for? It needs to be for something. Like I thought I honestly feel an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal to get people on the card is better than this WrestleMania showcase because at least they're fighting for a damn trophy at the very least. Like they're fighting for something <laughs> tangible. There's nothing they're fighting for in these WrestleMania showcase because it's a it's an opportunity to showcase your skills on the grandest stage of them all. That's all jargon. That is all jargon and BS. I don't care. We are getting. And I don't. I don't care either. Then said, if you don't care, I don't give a shit either. I agree with you. We are getting the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal next week on SmackDown Friday night. Now this might mean God. Something. I, that is the one match I hate. Now I just hate. I just hate that match. Now, it might mean something. It might mean nothing. But the person who is front and center in this graphic is Bobby Lashley. Oh man, I was I was in utter shock. I was like, this is the consolation prize for this man who got who got his WrestleMania match taken away because his opponent got ill. Oh, no Bray Wyatt again tonight, no Uncle Howdy, no buildup whatsoever, and now Bobby Lashley is in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Now, I the reason why I say this could mean something, it could be nothing, you could wait at this point, right? At this point, you got two shows until WrestleMania. If Bray is able to come back, at this point, you might as well wait until the last damn minute have Bray show up in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and take out Bobby Lashley to set up their match on Saturday or Sunday, if that's what they can do. That might be your best and only option if Bray is able to come back. Because he's been playing mind games, and you don't know, and then this whole thing dropped off in the end. I hate the fact that Bobby Lashley, who should be fighting Brock Lesnar on this show, I ran down the entire trickle effect of what happened on last week's show, so I'm not going to run that down again. But he ends up going against Bray. Bray gets an illness, and now he's in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on Friday? Damn. Who do you think wins this, by the way? Bobby Lashley. (laughs) Bobby Lashley. If I was going to keep him strong, I would have him win it. I wouldn't be surprised to... I think there are a few contenders here. Um, L.A. Knight, possible contender here. Karrion Cross. I think Bronson Reed is another guy who could who could potentially win this thing, set up something big for him down the line. I got a hunch that Lashley's not going to win this because Bray Wyatt's going to get involved. Or maybe that's just my hope. But we will we're, wait. And see. We're, market, we're marking that down. Mark it down. I, actually, I, I think L.A. Knight, <clears throat> it would be a good thing for him to win it. There's a lot. He's he's over, and he hasn't even won a match hardly. Yeah, he's but he gets a good he gets a good reaction. People kind of like him as a heel. They like it. They like to hear that. Let me talk at you. The only, <clears throat> they like that. The only reason why I don't want La Knight to win this is because I want him to win something that matters, that will actually mean something. Uh, whether that's King of the Ring potentially or the Money in the Bank briefcase, I'd rather see him take one of those home than the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which has done nothing for anybody ever. Period. <laughs> <laughs> <The> story. <coughs> it's so important no. they put it on Friday. 
on SmackDown and say, this is a WrestleMania match, guys. You're on WrestleMania starts early on Friday. It's now three nights, y'all. It's now three nights because the Andre the Giant Memorial <laughs> is on Friday. When, when is NXT? What do they have in their show? Saturday morning. Oh, well, Saturday afternoon. It's going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern. And what's on Saturday night? The first night of WrestleMania, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Sunday night's the second. What's on Thursday? The Hall of Fame stuff? No, Friday after SmackDown is the Hall of Fame. Okay. I see. All right. Just checking because I don't know. It's after that West Coast time. Thank you, Frank. I had completely forgot that Madcap Moss won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal last year. I had completely <laughs> forgot. I thought they haven't done the Battle Royal since Jay Uso won it in 2021. I completely forgot that Madcap won last year. It, it did a lot for Cesaro when he won it. And then they took you away. That just Yeah, that and then they put him with Heyman, and four weeks later, he was deader than hell. <laughs> deader than Kelsey's nuts. I've never figured that saying out. Kelsey's nuts. What is that? <laughs> is All that right. a guy? Is that a guy or what? All right. So. <laughs> He's but, not answering. So, He's not answering. That so, means you don't know. So here are the winners that we've had for this. Cesaro won the first one, right? Had that big moment where he lifted the big show up. Ended up doing nothing. Big show won the second one, right? At WrestleMania 31. Then it was Baron Corbin. Remember when Mojo Raleigh won because uh, Gronk got involved? Uh, we had I was Matt, there for that one. Yeah. We got Matt Hardy winning in 2018 because Bray Wyatt showed back up. That was a good Ron, moment. That was a good moment, yes. Braun Strowman won. I totally forgot about this. I forgot about Jey Uso winning in 2021. No, I remember that one. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. He threw out the – oh, God. You remember Braun Strowman beating the two dudes from SNL? He last yes. eliminated Colin Joyce. Yes. Oh, God, that was awful. And then, yeah, last year, Mad Cat Moss won. So, like I said, I'd rather LA Knight win King of the Ring than the okay. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. That's fair. We close out the show with KOTV. It's another love fest between KO and Sami Zayn. I think this was just kind of more filler than anything tonight. It didn't really add anything to the story. Well, we got a hell of a shirt out of it with uh, WrestleZania and KO Mania, and then they get jumped by the Usos. That's the show. Just, I don't really have a whole lot to say. I didn't hate the the closing segment of the show tonight, but it just really felt like filler to me. Well, it probably was filler because they've already done they've done all their angles. All this was was a maintenance show and tighten up a few ends. And the only thing they really put in concrete was the Mysterio thing, which was a really, really a good moment. I thought the first hour was tremendous. Second hour, it kind of, they were just kind of playing around. But a good performance. And, okay, what happened to Rampage tonight? They're going to be on tomorrow, you say? They're, they're because of the NCAA tournament? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah, the, show, right. the show peaked at Ray and Don. Yeah. That did. It was it was going all right. You hit a great moment with Ray and Dom, and then it petered out after that. I thought I thought Gunther and Butch was a good matchup, but nothing nothing I've seen them do better before, so 
It wasn't. It wasn't trying to have a great matchup. It was just a match to put Gunther over on his way to WrestleMania. So now, yeah. do we know the schedule for Rampage next week? Uh, do we know if the NCAA tournament is going to throw that off next week? Because we'll be in the final. I, four I believe. In the I, final. Believe, I believe Rampage is uh, going to be on 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 Friday. Okay. Because so I think that's why they start in Ring of Honor at 7 p.m. Eastern. Because I think by the time Ring of Honor is at the end, it will be the start of Rampage. All right. So it'll be Sid and Dutch next week. I will Where are you going to be? I'm going to be in Los Angeles, sir. Oh, okay. At SmackDown and the Hall. I'll try to check in if I can, depending on Wi Fi situation and battery life. But, uh, It'll be these two fine gentlemen next week because I will be in L.A. covering all the festivities for you fine gentlemen. Alrighty. Follow me on the Twitter machine. I've got plenty coming out. All right, follow me there. <clears throat> Hang on. we got a super chat in at the buzzer here. Super chat in at the buzzer. What is it? Rollin Curtis, do you guys agree with KO saying that Sami Zayn is the MVP of the last 12 months? I'm like the only one saying that Sami is SK male of the year. Do you guys agree or disagree with Sami Zayn being the MVP? I think he is. I would I would go there. Because a lot of times he was the only thing to kind of, the Usos were their story was the only one going. And he, he, he was in, he was in that spark because you knew they were going to turn on him at some point. And they turned on him at the right point. The closer we got to WrestleMania, the bigger the probability. And I would say, yeah, he's, he deserves that award. I would give it to him. If if you even go back even further than that, if you go back to 15 months, over the last 15 months, whatever this company has given Sami Zayn, this man has made it work. He turned a rivalry with the host of Jackass into one of the most talked about and publicized angles in the build-up to WrestleMania. And it was one of the three most talked about matches that entire weekend. Whether you mm-hmm. loved the match or hated the match, whether it was for you or not. I mean, just for 12 months ago, this man was pinned under a giant mousetrap. And now he is <laughs> now he's like the most over dude in the company. Whatever they give him, he works. He makes it work. He is he is the consummate professional, and he is the ultimate WWE performer. He knows how to work within the system and maximize the material that is given to him. And he has thrived over the last several months. So, yes, I will say he's been the MVP. I, think he's I agree. A, I think he's had a great year. Uh, most valuable player, I think, is a different discussion than the SK male of the year. I've said it once. I'll say it twice. I'll say it a thousand times. In my opinion, that should be a three-horse race, but I know one horse that y'all probably not going to see that much, and that's Will Ospreay. But it's, it's between Roman Reigns and John Moxley for that. As far as WWE MVP, yes, uh, Sami Zayn, I, I do believe he's right up there with Roman Reigns as the most valuable player in the whole company. We got one more super chat coming in from uh, Roland Curtis. He says, to me, what chance go beyond the babyface heel dichotomy? Not only Charlotte, but Roman got what chance on Raw, which I think is confirmation of a disconnect with fans due to their absences. Cody's promos are too strong to what? Well, the difference is the fans like Cody Rhodes. 
That that that's the difference. The fans like Cody Rhodes, and again, I I go back to what SP3 said earlier. It's all about your cadence. If you give the audience a chance to hijack a show, if they're into it, they're going to do it just to be assholes. That is the audience's nature. And when they get the opportunity to do it to a heel or somebody or a babyface they don't like as well as somebody else, or if they just think the promo sucks, the dialogue sucks, they're going to interject for their own entertainment. And and, and Roland's not acknowledging the fact that Roman overcame it without acknowledging it. Roman overcame it because he actually had things to say that they the fans could react to and stop saying the what chance when he when he said the line about him he didn't want to be stardust so you ran you made your own you started your own company and you couldn't get over so you ran again and they said oh and they stopped the what chant Roman overcame it Charlotte did it and acknowledged it that's the issue I mean even a simple like even LA Knight right when he got the what chance a few weeks back all he had to do was just a quick shut up, I'm talking. And then he started, and then he also changed his cadence. Just a quick shut the hell up. Don't, didn't fan the flames, do this, that, and the other thing is just shut up, I'm talking. And moved on. That was it. And, and again, changed the cadence up, moved up, changed, picked up the energy a little bit. If your energy's lacking, if the, if the promo sucks, if you don't believe it, if it's something that was written for you, Fans will take any avenue. Dutch, you know this. They'll take any avenue to hijack a show and entertain themselves. Well, they were doing what to me one time. I, I said something, what? And I said something else, what? And the third thing I said was, if you're an idiot, say what? They didn't. <laughs> then they fell all each other. I said, oh, see, total on yourself. Bunch of idiots out there. Then they left me alone. If you're an idiot, say what? <laughs> then they started to say it. Then they realized, they, then they stopped. Uh, it was it was hilarious. <laughs> all right. That is going to do it for the night. We appreciate all the chats, the comments, super chats. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Uh, pretty good audience tonight, considering the fact that we got NCAA tournament games going on. Again, next week, back at our regular time, 11.05, Sid and Dutch taking you through, hyping up WrestleMania weekend. I'll try to check in from Los Angeles. Until next time, have a great weekend, everybody.